Quite the Thing Media. Hi everybody, welcome to Totally Trending, the new podcast from Quite the Thing Media. My name is Jack, some of you may know me and some of you may not. We are here to speak about basically what is totally trending right now on Twitter. And joining me to go over these hashtags and trends is Andy. Andy, how are you doing, mate? I am not bad. I'm looking forward to doing this. It's been a, a long time coming, long time discussed and all that. But yeah, it's, it's good to finally get the recording button hit. That's it, mate. And quick intro, because obviously some people won't know you, some people won't know me. What's your what's your pod and background, basically? So- so I started a podcast last year um, just uh, as the first lockdown started because we were all getting told to stay home uh, and I'd always kind of fancied doing one. Uh, big fan of other podcasts and other podcasting networks. Used to listen to yourself and Colin on, on Heart and Hand and uh, before you started QTT and stuff like that as well. Um, I thought, do you know what, I'll give that a go since we're, we're a bit of a lot of spare time in our hands. So I had a choice to start a podcast about football, which I, I like and know a lot about, uh, I think, and I also have a big passion and interest in UFOs, aliens, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I went with the UFOs one and it kind of grew arms and legs. It's really took off and um, I've got a great listener base, um, great uh, online following on Twitter. I love speaking to the people on there. There's a whole UFO community. So, um, yeah, that that kind of that's kind of took me on to the, the almost a year now, just a few days off a year, mate. So obviously getting in touch with yourselves and that and joining the, the network's been been a really good thing for it too so it's good to uh, get in touch with all you guys looking forward to doing this obviously now as well yeah like so we, we've been in discussion for a wee while about sort of what to do and how to sort of move forward and this is actually quite what QTT quite the thing media's first sort of own podcast um coming at you because we've done things before but they were sort of stood alone so yeah I'm excited to get started mate and we've come up with this idea about trying to record a podcast and get it out there as soon as basically so it's sort of on point and we're going to just dive in and take a look at what basically are the top trends on twitter right now and if you're listening to this you will know that the oscars is probably taking over your trend line um your trend line i just made that one up your timeline (laughs) go with trend line (laughs) we'll go with trend line yeah we'll change it up man (laughs) yeah so the oscars andy what's your opinion on the oscars mate so I, i was going to ask you first have you ever actually watched the oscars the short and sweet answer to that is no, I have never watched an Oscars. No. Right, me, me neither, and I don't know him that it has. I, I know the odd person, I think, actually, that throws like, an Oscars party, or used to, when we were allowed to do that kind of thing, right? But it's one of the things everybody knows about. Everyone gets the idea. You always see the highlights in the news, but it's just no... I, I think it's been right downhill over the years. My, my big memory of the Oscars was always they would be giving awards to movies that probably weren't out yet and you could get really good pirate DVDs or a pirate video when you were a kid. So they, they used to always get passed about and your, your dad would give you a copy of, don't know, going to pick like Titanic or something like that or Star Wars The Phantom Menace and it'd come up at the bottom of it as you were watching it every five minutes. This is an Oscar copy. This is not for public viewing. Yes, so, <laughs> so you always knew you were watching something you shouldn't be watching. That was the beauty of the Oscars for me was we're about to get loads of dodgy copies of stuff flooding the market. Um, and I don't think that's really changed either. But like I said to you before, looking at the list of stuff for this year, and again, I don't know if it's due to COVID, but you don't, I don't even know any of the movies. Do you want to tell us those movies as well? And I'll tell you if I've seen any of them. Mate. Have you got them there? I've got, I've got some of them, mate. Um, like I've got, I've got some of the the stuff that's nominated are favourites to win things. Right, so okay. best international film, the favourite within that is Another Round. Best international film. Never heard of it. The uh, man who sold his what's that? The man who sold his skin is in there also. Never heard of it, unfortunately. And I like the concept though. If if it is what it says on the tin, then that might be an alright watch. But uh, sounds a bit like Face Off actually. John Travolta, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was a travesty that that never won an Oscar. Jeez. It's a cla- it's still a classic. Yeah. Uh, best picture, the favourite is Nomadland. Right. Okay. Uh, Up against films like The Sound of Metal. Mank, which is a word in Scotland, by the way, which you might not know if you're listening. Can I just ask, has that, has that got an H in it? Oh, no. <laughs> no, M-A-N-K, um, with Eric Eric Roth is in that. Uh, Manaria, Promising nah. Young Woman, 
the father. No, I do no. apologise. We we've sort of ran headfirst into the Oscars here without really knowing anything about it. But, but that's I think my, that's my point. That's that, your that, point, mate. It's right. like, you, you don't know any of these films, and I get the Oscars has always been that arty arty farty. I'm going to use a technical term, right? Another Scottish technical term, arty farty, because it's it's all these movies that they're all patting each other in the back, aren't they? Well done, you've made what was that George Clooney one he done? The it was kind of black and white and the, big ensemble yeah. cast. Hollywood. Not the one with the wee dog in it, no. Oh, I, I, I mean, I didn't watch it. He done the artist <laughs> as well, yeah, he done the artist. But, but there was another one where they won, it was like kind of slap, half colour, black and white, old fashioned. But it just seems to be actors and actresses get together and pat themselves on the back for how, how arty they can be. And, and that's it, you're making a movie for this ceremony rather than making a movie that deserves to win an award. Um, to be fair though, best animated film Soul. I've not watched it yet, but that's on Disney Plus, and I want to watch that with the kids. Right. Um, and best original song is Husevic from the Eurovision Song Contest movie, the story of Fire Saga. Uh, I'm, is that is that definitely is that the film that was on Netflix with Will Ferrell, or am I making that up? I'm not 100% sure, mate. You might be making it up. You could come on here and say almost anything to me about films. And by the way, I am going to be doing a movie podcast at some point, so I need to maybe do a little bit more homework, but another choice that I found interesting, I suppose, this year is there's not a host, like, because it's been Gervais the last couple of years. Any opinion on Gervais and his hosting style? I quite liked it. Yeah, so I, I've got a note to, to mention that. Uh, I know you'd bring it up. I, I really like this Gervais, Ricky Gervais, right? I love The Office, absolute classic, for two series and then a couple of specials, perfection. His stand-up, I can give or take, and he's just his general stuff, I can give or take, right? But what he done at the Oscars in making all those celebrities and actors and actresses and directors feel really uncomfortable was brilliant because it brought them right down to everybody else's level where they're not in that wee protected bubble anymore. And that eight-minute intro he done where he had them all absolutely squirming, I thought was great. But it just shows you how that they are not ready for that kind of stuff. They don't want to be exposed or made fun of or really put them on the spot. So I like that, but... I think it showed you that they don't want humour, they don't want the the normal person, that kind of every everyday everyday joke getting kind of slung in there. But I liked it. I, I mean, I, I enjoy watching that little run back and seeing Tom Hanks and all that squirming their seats. I think it showed you when you see the reactions of the people, the ones that are kind of laughing along as if like, yeah, very good, that's quite funny. I can appreciate that. But then you get the ones who are kind of looking like, oh, no, this, this is out of order, that's unacceptable, or oh, you can't say that. Nah. Was the was the Harvey Epstein stuff, the Me Too stuff, was that out in the open last year at the Oscars? I I think that was it mentioned, was. like it was touched on. Right, okay. And do you think that's had any sort of bearing on their decision not to get something like that? Because like you can make jokes and make them feel uncomfortable. Did they think that getting them back you might just take it too far this time and really piss on a lot of let's be honest studio heads and producers and into their soup like take a piss in their soup and they really wouldn't like that because let's be honest it's them that are sort of running the industry these guys at the top of mgm and x y and z so people that would have been involved in that uh, indirectly or not or Uh dined at that table at some point like you say and enjoyed that soup at one point before ricky would have pissed in it but yeah Mm -hmm. he would he would have absolutely brought that kind of stuff up um, and that's what they don't is it, like. Is that a shitbags choice then? Is that like, Absolutely. have they shot themselves? Is what right. I'm getting at. This is the whole, like I say, they turn up to the Oscars, they're all there, they're all amongst their own people, they're on different level of millionaire, they're all successful for the most part, um, and they get their, they get free goodie bags when they go to the Oscars, yes. and it's like the sponsor stuff, so no doubt they'll have turned up, and they would have had, like, if it was in a venue, like, you know, is it in a venue or is it virtual this year? I've not even, I've not even <laughs> checked. Do you know? I've just assumed it's virtual, um, just because every other recent ceremony has been virtual as well. Um, red carpet, two o'clock. ABC starts the ball rolling. Nah, so it looks like it is. Um, it's an. Well, there are events going opening up all over the world. Like we're both football fans, and Wembley was open and yeah. stuff like that. Are they? So they are opening things up, and they're taking socially distance it and get these actors and actresses' faces all nice and smiley on the cameras, then that is the that is the image that they want to portray to the world, basically, is all is fine in Hollywood, when probably it's not, let's be honest, 
like with some of the some of the accusations and stuff that have been coming out over the last year and probably longer. Yeah. It's where do you think? Again, I'm just throwing these questions at you, mate. They're just Go coming into my head. Go for it. Like with the massive emergence of Netflix, Disney Plus, X, Y, and Z, where do you see the the gold standard Hollywood being in, in years to come? Is it going to just peter away and then Hollywood's going to be like this sort of ghost town almost because well, there's, there's bigger players in the market that are more forward thinking, they're more advanced in their technology, X, Y, and Z? I think the the media is just the medium's just changing, and I think this has just sped up what was going to happen over the next five to ten years anyway. Right. So like you've seen um, Warner Brothers this year that are releasing as HBO Max that have got the Matrix in December. I think I think you and Colin are talking about this, and some of the movies that have been shifted that are going to be released on streaming platforms instead. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's stuff that, to be honest, or some of them I want to go and see in the cinema anyway. That this could kill off cinemas, but I think cinemas have to have to change to adapt to this so they stick about. Because you look at Disney Plus with the Falcon and Winter Soldier that's just been on, which I just finished, which I thought was really good. Uh, One Division as well. These are these are movies that have been made dragged out a little bit and split into episodes. That's uh-huh. that's all they're doing now. So you're, you're spending two, three, four hundred million dollars on TV shows now. Amazon's producing that Lord of the Rings TV series. I don't like Lord of the Rings. I've seen them in a the cinema. Didn't find them that good. I get why people like them. But that's the most expensive TV show of all time that's getting filmed in it. But it's just it's just movies. They're just making big, big movies and putting them out as episodes. Um, so for me, it's just kind of sped things up. I used to work in a cinema. And, you know, cinemas don't really make any money off of the tickets they sell anyway. Cinemas make the money off of the food. And you'll know yes. you walk in and you can buy a packet of sweets at the, the shop next door for 50 pence. But you go into a cinema and it's £3.50. So, like... I remember at the time it was something like a popcorn combo, which if you're listening to this and you're based in the UK, it used to be about £5.50. Let's just call it £5, right? And this is 10, 15 years ago. And I was told that for the popcorn kernels, the bag, the lid, the syrup, the soda water, the straw and the cup, it cost the cinema something like three or four pence. But they were charging £5.50 for the popcorn combo. So that yeah. was where they made their money in the markup and everything as well. So people are a lot more savvy to that now. You used to remember you used to be banned for taking stuff in. You had to kind of sneak it in under your top and stuff like that. Yeah, you would put uh, it in up your duke, as they say in <laughs> Scotland. Like, yeah, you would I, hide it in your jacket, basically. Yeah. So I think cinemas need to change and adapt. And that includes stuff like sh- the, some of them show the football now. They show wrestling events. They show theatre. Um, so I think they have to definitely open up and change a wee bit. Otherwise cinemas no hollywood but cinemas could definitely find themselves going the way of yeah i think the more yeah i think the more independent cinemas you know that maybe only have two or three screens but they are even at a different audience where you can go in and you get a seat you get a table you've got a couch things like that they need to adapt to like be able to charge you 15 pound for a for a ticket like you wouldn't pay that at one of your mass marketplaces because you're getting in, the floors are sticky. It's the same everywhere, but a more niche, like Glasgow Film, the GFT in Aye. Glasgow, which is a, a smaller place. Something like that. They might be able to flourish and yeah, open it up to different markets is something that I've never so really thought about, Andy. You're, get, yeah. you're getting to the point that you're <clears> not paying for the ticket to see the film anymore because you can see the film a load of yeah. different ways. You're yeah. paying for the experience. And that's that's why I like I like going to the cinema. I like walking in, going up to the desk, you get the smell of the popcorn. It's all cheesy stuff, but I, I like that. Get into a big foyer, and then you get. I used to love working in the cinema for that reason. Get into like the dark calls, sitting down, getting your hot dog, which is massively overpriced, but you know what? You're treating yourself. Your massive coke, and going and getting a couple of scoops of Ben and Jerry's. Do you know what? As a treat, I like that. I like the experience. I like watching the trailers beforehand and all that as well. So that's stuff you don't really get at home. Um, but I, I would hate to think, like, my, my wee boy's five, and he, he loves going to the cinema, that he would miss out on that experience and potentially forget or even know what that was down the line because cinemas kind of started getting shut down because we've got one quite close to us. But they definitely have to have to change the way they do things a wee bit. Right, OK. So that, that sort of basically covered the Oscars, kind of, um, without actually speaking much um, about the Oscars. So we'll move on to... Something else that will be trending probably more in the UK than anywhere else, but that is Line of Duty, the biggest TV show in Britain at the moment, Andy. So I'm told. 
So You're Told. So that kind of tells me, not a fan, never watched it. What's no, I, all I've seen is that I've got mates who talked about it. And like I know just now the hashtags out there, hashtag line of duties all over the place, right? Because it's I think I might have just finished literally as we are still recording. Um, it's it's about the police or the police, as as uh, some listeners may know them. Um, and that's it. So I don't I don't get what the big deal is. Why is it any different to the Bill or Luther or any of those other TV shows about the police? Well, you've mentioned Luther there. Luther is diff- different to the Bill. Come on, like Luther's good. <laughs> if, I were, if, if there was any comparison, if I was to compare it to any other cop show, then I would say that Line of Duty is kind of at that highly dramatic level of a Luther. Like, I enjoyed Luther. I thought Idris Elba was brilliant in it. Some of the storylines, the underarching storylines that ran sort of from season one, you know, you get characters and Like, don't get me wrong, the problem with some of these shows, I think, is the overcomplication where there's too many storylines going on at once, or there'll be a callback to season one or two, which was like six, seven years ago, and it's just trying to, like... Can I ask you about, right, I'm I'm, that stu- I'm the studio, right? I'm, I'm sitting there, you, you've wrote Line of Duty, you've got a couple of series and a few episodes that you've made, right? And you've not you've no filmed them yet, but you've wrote the scripts, and you've come into me in the studio, and I've went, right, this, this boy Jack, he's wrote, a, wrote something about the police. Okay, cool, there's a lot of them. Jack, line of duty, it's about the police. Why am I why am I making this? Why am I giving you money to make it? What's it about? Right, I think the 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 not the difference that their USP unique selling point would be that it's focusing on police like looking into police corruption. It's the anti corruption unit, so it's police investigating police basically which is it a is, bit like the wire? No not it is in the sense that it goes kind of like sort of in depth behind the scenes, you know, like behind the the, the the police scenes per se, where it's a lot of stuff that you might not really see otherwise. The sort of the the interview scenes in Line of Duty, for example, are some of my favourite things. They can last for like ten minutes, and it's literally just just an interview. It's just a back and forth with the the police interviewing. Police, it's always police that they're bringing into interview because, like I says, it's anti-corruption. So it might not sound overwhelmingly amazing, like oh, police interviewing police. Yeah, <laughs> but the is it the, the characters? In, yeah, the characters. That, are, the acting is generally better than your the bill, for example. Right. Some people might not be massive fans of Martin Compton and his acting, or Kelly McDonald, who this season has been a stain on the underpants of society with how bad her, her acting is. She was in Broad, uh, Boardwalk Empire, I think as well, Andy. I don't know if you've ever watched that. I, I, I did, and also Trainspotting, famously. Yes. I remember her from that. Yes. I don't know how she's still in the business, to be honest with you, because she hasn't learned to act. She done the voice of Merida in Brave, right. which I actually haven't seen. I just know that. Uh, so... Maybe because she is a Scottish actress in Hollywood, that's how she got the job. Well, that's it. She must have a really good agent. You know, that's what I think anyway, because her acting skills are very... I don't know if it's just because we'll know being Scottish, her accent can be quite difficult to understand at times. And we maybe do slow down a little bit, even on here. Like, if you were having a normal conversation, it probably wouldn't sound quite like this. (laughs) But Kelly... Yeah, I'm just giving... Kelly McDonald, an absolute pounding here, Andy. She's just much not like, a good much like much like in Trainspotting. There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, Trainspotting might come up in our, one of our shows at some point. Um, another network show that's coming out. But yeah, I suppose it, it's pretty difficult for me to to sell Line of Duty because it does sound pretty boring. But it's the it's the acting in it basically. I think the actors are just better than if you get better actors who are getting paid more money because they're better at acting, it generally um, seems to make things better. You know, is, it, is there anything else that put you off it? Is it just, oh, you kind of thought it's going to be like the bill? Right. <laughs> you know, do you know what? I can be a bit of a dick with stuff as well. That See, if something comes out and it's popular before I get to see it, I'll go against the grain and no want to watch it. So Game of Thrones, I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones for a couple of years. And then eventually I watched the first episode and I just couldn't get into it. I, I won a competition part of where I work where I got to go and see... Did you, did you watch Game of Thrones? I 
I'm going to go against the grain here as well. I kind of was the same as you, but I managed to get about halfway through season two before I just chucked it. Just couldn't. I tried my hardest because everybody banged on about how good it was, yeah. but I just couldn't wrap my head. Well, I see, I'd, I'd done the first episode of season one, and I was like, nah, no for me. And then as part of my work, I won a competition. There was a few things involved with it, but one of them was going to see Thronecast, the review show of it, um, getting filmed in London. And that was just part of it. So I went to that and I remember going and seeing the last episode of the this the season before the last one, season six, I think it was, um, getting filmed. And I remember telling everybody there that I didn't like Game of Thrones and they were all trying to convince me in their best. Like, they were trying to sell me how good Game of Thrones was. And I, watching the episode, we got to see it the, a couple of hours early and they kept going like that to me. Oh, how good is that? How good is that? And I'm like, it's just like Lord of the Rings and all that other stuff that I don't like. It's I was like, I get why he's like it. I really do. That dragon's blue fire is brilliant. That's that's cracking special effects. But you've seen you've seen one dragon spitting blue fire. You've seen them all. So uh, it just it just didn't tickle tickle my fancy. And I think now it's like it blew up, didn't it? And then like line of duty and all that as well. There's very few things kind of drag me in like that. Like Breaking Bad though for me still the still the standard bearer for a classic TV show. Megs is the Sopranos and always will be. I think I've still never ever... watched it. Twice, huh. twice now I've downloaded episode one on my box sets and I've started watching it and just no quite felt I was ready to get into it and stopped. I've watched it five times through, so that's what, 60, 70 episodes. Yeah, so it's like 400 or 500 hours I've put my life into it, like days and days I, and days. I, yeah, do, man, know, I, I absolutely do love what it. happens at the end though. I, I found out years ago what happens in the last episode and the last scene. Uh-huh. So I do, and I'm intrigued to see how it gets to that, and I know it's a bit of a make-up-your-own-mind almost, but, um, spoilers, sorry. Uh, but I, nah, I, I doubt I'll watch it, ever. See, see, when it comes to spoilers, I honestly think you've got, like, if, if you're doing a podcast like we are, like, see anything that's over a, a year old, we can spoil that without having any issues, because if people are going to moan about you spoiling something that's over a year old, they're obviously not that committed to have watched it, so... Oh, mate, I think a week. A week? You I, give I, it a I, week? I, I say spoiler limit now is a week. It's 2021, like, April 2021 is, is a week. Um, I, it's, there's too, too much instantaneous gratification now. Everyone's on social media. You can't have... Anyone who tries to avoid spoilers, try and do it for more than a day. You can't. Your phone's there, your Twitter's there, your Facebook there, the news is on, whatever. If you still watch the news, if you're old, but that's I yeah I don't think you can avoid spoilers. So see for me like a week at most for like TV shows and stuff like that. I'm actually convinced myself it should be a day, 24 hours. But I I'll say a week at most. I want to give people that maybe work and stuff like that a, a wee chance to watch it. Or you, I don't know. You do get some people that I maybe I said a year. Maybe that's too much. But you do get people that will maybe save up three or four episodes. I know binge, to binge it. it. Yeah. yeah, so I, to give them a chance, I would, I would give it a little longer than that. But um, we're not going to be doing a hell, a hell of a lot of. Well, saying that we might, um, especially if things are trending and we've seen them and then we know what they're talking about. If we do spoiler things, so like, apologies in advance. How about that? Can we just put that out there right at the start? <laughs> We've no spoiled the Oscars anyway. That's for a start. Yeah, um, best actor. Just while we pop back there, Anthony Hopkins, I've heard of him. Riz Ahmed, I've heard of him. Chadwick Boseman, yeah, you sort of mentioned him off of air. I don't know much about Yeah, Ch- Chadwick Boseman, um, done a couple of movies, came into prominence for, for most people, including myself, when he played Black Panther in the Marvel movies. I know you're not a big Marvel Avengers fan. No. Uh, it was it was excellent, absolutely brilliant. Um, and as it turned out, he, he was really ill for a few years. I, I'm I'm almost certain it was cancer, um, and he kept it quiet. He kept it hidden. Hardly anyone knew he had it, and uh, he was basically filming movies, seriously ill, going through treatment, never told anybody, and nobody realised, and basically people woke up one morning to breaking news that he'd passed away of cancer, and it was a massive, massive shock, but then people went back and started looking at the final few months and how much weight weight he'd lost. Right. Um, and you actually started to see actually his face had went quite gone but then you don't know are, are these actors losing weight for a role or a part or you know something they're playing um, but yeah it was it was, it was was tragic because he was going to be a big part of the, the Marvel universe going forward and stuff as well and um, 
that, that was a shame. That was a bit of a surprise one, but he seems like a guy that's genuinely worthy of getting one of these posthumous Oscars. The most famous one before that for me was Heath Ledger when he died for the after he'd filmed the part for the Joker and The Dark Knight. The the best movie of all time, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there, mate. I'm going to, fuck it, I'm just going to jump into race, me as well, um, tackle the big issues. So, best actor, you've got Anthony Hopkins, Riz Ahmed, so um, he's a, a BM. A B A M E actor, uh, Steve Ewan, um, probably mother of his name. You've got Chadwick and Gary Oldman there. So three non-white actors um, mm. in there. Do you do you think that's a something that they've had to sort of do on purpose? If you know what I mean. To again, I think put out this illusion that they are inclusive. When again, I kind of think it's wrapped up with middle-aged white guys sort of running the whole the whole scene do you think it's something that they've yeah see, see had a me, pr company basically probably yeah so for me that's probably part of the problem is that the any any organization now that's trying to be if you want to call it woke or inclusive or diversive at the top it's still regardless of who they bring in below them old not even middle-aged but old white guys running this stuff so yeah. it's just like how can we make it look more inclusive and it should just be you know uh, the best people because for a long time actors and actresses of color were clearly overlooked for stuff um but it doesn't swing the other way where they just throw loads of stuff in just now like there's a few tv programs and news programs just now that you can see actively they're just trying to throw loads of like different backgrounds all on just to make it look like we're being really diverse and inclusive and it's like you, you see so many i think the big one for us that we all know about just now is football and there's a lot of footballers coming out like you know a lot of black footballers that have dealt with a lot of shit in their lives that we we, we don't understand or know and they're, they're talking about this really passionately going you can do x y and z and we won't go into that like all that kind of stuff but all you like but is it actually making a difference or making a change and a lot of it's not it's just like on the surface stuff and like you say, is that down to the fact that you've got old white guys running stuff and potentially? Is that kind of then, let's flip the coin the other way, is that unfair for us, for me or anybody to say, oh, it's only paid, it's only sort of lip service? Like, but at least they're, at least they're doing something, you know? So, like, I'm kind of arguing with myself here. I, I, I do, do feel... you do something? Do you do nothing? Oh, something it's... has to change, but what has to change or... And is it then unfair for me to go, oh, look, they're, they're only doing that because of PR, basically? I, I, I don't know if it's unfair to, to throw that, that they are trying, but it does feel Genuinely, like there's an undercurrent think, of them not really trying. That's I think, I think in 10, 15, 20 years' time, we'll look back on the last couple of years, that, and not, not COVID stuff, but with everything that's went on, and I think that's when we'll be able to look back and judge did did people do the right thing? Did the, the decision makers make the right decisions? And we're just kind of living through it just now. Um, I think it'll be interesting. There'll be studies about it. This what we're living through. You don't realise is like history, and this will be stuff that's taught about in schools. And the the George Floyd stuff will be stuff talked about in classrooms. Like remember, like when I was in school, and you would watch like the O.J. Simpson trial was something we would get shown. And like if you're different, like we had modern studies. Yeah, modern studies was uh, what we had. Yeah, and you would watch something like the O.J. Simpson trial because that was almost ten years old when I was in school, and you would talk about the the issues it caused and things like the LA riots and all that kind of thing. So it's and it's hard, and you go back to the time and you hear all the different arguments that were going on, and it's only I suppose in hindsight you can ever go back and go, was it the right thing, was it not? And even then, sometimes it's just it's just opinion into it. But I think the beauty of having a podcast is you can share your opinion and. People either like it, they don't like it, or they'll be indifferent, but you just hope they like listening to it. <laughs> well, that's it. If, if you agree with our opinions, don't agree with them. We are on Twitter, um, at pod, pod. That's, a, that's another new word I've made up, at pod, totally. So pod, totally, um, on, on Twitter. You'll find us and you can tag us and give us your opinions as well. We'll move on to something a little bit weirder, like a little bit of a strange corner, I suppose, of Twitter where these hashtags pop up that trend for maybe a, a day, if that. And you found one, Andy, about flowers, I think. Aye, the, the wild flower hour. Um, yeah. So, or for anyone who under, doesn't understand a Scottish accent, but is still listening at this point, <laughs> the wild flower hour. So, hashtag. Um, yes. yeah, hashtag wild flower hour. 
um, 8 till 9pm on a Sunday. Um, so if you jump on your <laughs> wild flower hour, you are going to see <laughs> <laughs> you are going to see a whole range of um, I don't think it will shock you wild flowers <laughs> um, for around one hour. Uh, and do you know what? There's some beautiful uh, bouquets on there. Um, I remember, to be fair, I once took a picture of standing at a bus stop outside the Kelvin Hall. For anyone who is aware of what the Kelvin Hall is in Glasgow, or was. Um, of a butterfly really up close just because I got an iPhone 3 or 4 at the time whatever it would have been right and I just testing the camera and it it comes up it comes up every year on my Facebook memories right when I I get it I'll save it (laughs) and say yeah right but I remember at the time people being like that's fake that's no real because I got a picture of this butterfly dead up close and it looked dead weird and that was a lovely flower in the background as well um the the one of the top ones it's got 462 likes is uh, from Leaf Bearsvidden um yeah, I think that's right. And he put, uh, he took a picture of Met Oxlips, which is the Primula elata for the first time this week, in an ancient Cambridgeshire woodland. The large creamy vanilla flowers growing in amongst the bluebells, wood anemones, and anemones maybe, and celandines. Sorry, I'm killing those. We're utterly stunning. Hashtag wildflower hour. So if you want to go and check that out, I mean, there's a boy who should take a picture of a barbed wire fence with what looks like pita beds in it. Uh, dandelion fest i um he's they've no really went all out on that one to be honest there's some there's some nice ones in there there's a nice one a bee well there's some people cheating by the look we're not cheating but they seem to have been posting art as if they're like they've, they've done an illustration of a wild flower is that not aye, that's, that's cheating aye. is that not aye. against the rules i don't know if there's any rules attached to wild flower hour but i might submit one next week i saved a bee's life last week I did notice that you put a picture on, so I don't know if it was Facebook or Twitter somewhere, mate. Yeah, but well, like, have you got sugar yeah. water? Did you give it? Yeah, I and I've I've got a mortal fear of bees and wasps. I run about and flap and flail. Um, I I would put my children in front of me to be stung before me. Um, just because I've got thirty five years of my life so far without being stung. Um, and I thought I saw this wee bee struggling, and I've heard about the sugar water mixture. So I thought, do I leave it in the sun where it's clearly no well? Because I walked past it, I ran past it even. <laughs> and it never moved. Um, and I went and then I thought, this is my chance to kind of talk to the universe here, right? And if I make this and I save this bee, and I even, my wife was going, what are you doing? I actually went out and get the kids, you little tykes, yellow and red slide, and put that over the bee so it was in the shade oh, and got the sugar water. And it's and canopy it, for the bee. Yeah, ah, it was lovely. And then my wife was like, you know you're going to attract all these things now because they're all going to be like, oh, here's a wee house for bees, like, outside. <laughs> <laughs> big, big yellow and red slide as well so it's like it's the right color <laughs> a big but, flower huh? I, so it's like my my hell i'm literally inviting my own hell into the house but no eventually it flew away and it was all right so um at the, and then later on that day another bee flew over the fence and then flew away and i wondered was it the same <laughs> bee coming back just to say thanks the way or, you've described that mate like it flew over the fence as if it's like was living next door and then went, I'll just pop and see Andy to show big man. <laughs> cheers for the sugar water. I'm I'm all right. Um either that or it's flew away, flew across the road and some FedEx fans hit it or something, but I don't know. But uh, yeah. one I, of my very first memories is like they, they do say that your your first memory that you've got a sixty percent chance that your first memory is fake or made up. But I've got quite a clear memory of a bee landing on my face and either stinging me or just landing in my face. But I was sitting in a pram, so I must have been at least under four. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what age kids. I don't have kids myself. I don't know what age they stay in prams until Andy. What age? In Glasgow, uh, seven or eight. <laughs> 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 yeah, we've all seen the kids getting pushed about shopping centres with a Greg sausage roll <laughs> crumbled up all over them, and their legs dangling underneath the pram, shoes trailing on the ground. And the dummy, the dummy in its hand, but you're like that. That kids at school. <laughs> Maybe I was nine or ten. I don't know, but uh, aye, that's one of my first because it scared the living bejesus out of me. So I don't mind bees, it's wasps um, that I can't particularly. I, and stand. I get that, and I get yeah. it's irrational, right? And I get bees are the nice ones, and the mm-hmm. only sting you if they're and wasps are wasps are like the the murder bastards as they're called or whatever. And you get hornets as well, which are horrible. But nah, see for me it's. If they've got a wee sting, I'll just stay away from me. I remember once in school, we used to go to the chippy at lunchtime, and mm. um, it was at one ninety nine for a sausage supper or a sausage and chips, as you'll note down south if you're in England. Um, and you'd buy your sausage and chips and a can of coke or whatever for one ninety nine. Or can I in Bruin, Scotland? And we were walking back 
from the chip shop to the school, like a 10 minute walk, nice summer day, and this bee flew past me, and I launched my whole chippy at it, and ran away, all my mates, <laughs> all my mates, all my mates laughed, and it's like, what, what did that achieve? Like, not much. Do you know, you, you, you need to, you need to man up a bit here, mate, because you're going to be passed those insecurities onto your children, and your kids are going to be running about flapping any time they see you. It's, it's really good that my wee boy stands really still and goes, Dad, look, if you don't move, they don't touch you, and demonstrates uh-huh. exactly what I should do as an adult. Um, <laughs> but I stand behind the kitchen glass just shouting, you'll be fine, Charlie, don't move. Um, <laughs> and neither of us have been stung yet, so I think whatever works for you, for me, that's that's the best way to do it. I've only been stung three or four times in my life. It's not, it's not a pleasant experience. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but well, that's good that um, at least you've got a wee hero there who's no running about going, Mummy, like, which is what you're teaching them, man. You need to and get I will the grip for the bees. I'll, I'll, I'll encourage them to uh, take a photo for the hashtag wildflower hour next week. <laughs> I don't know if I would take it that far, but <laughs> right, we'll move on to a more a more personal hashtag, yes. I suppose. So part of your UFO community, mate, what's the most recent hashtag that's been not taking over the world, but it's quite a lot of impressions and stuff like that. Yeah, so hashtag the big phone home. So let, let me caveat this with, when I talk about UFOs and aliens or UAP is one of the terms, all right, I'm not going to take over this podcast talking about it. If you want to find out about that, go check out that UFO podcast that I do. And if you've came over to listen to this uh, because you're one of those listeners, thank you very much. The, the big phone home. What that's all about is uh, a YouTuber in Los Angeles, Luis Jimenez, really nice guy, um, has a channel called the Unidentified Celebrity Review, which is all about UFOs and aliens and ET life and all that kind of stuff. And it's really good and it's quite upbeat and funny and everything as well. But we talk about and we take the subject really seriously. This isn't little green men and flying saucers, like all that kind of chat. There's, There's something to this. And in, in America, and we don't really hear about this, especially if you're in the UK, it doesn't get reported in the UK. The BBC, ITV, Sky News, it's a joke still, right? You see it in the newspapers, it's got the X-Files theme music and little green men and all that kind of nonsense. And usually it's British crackpots, like nutcases, mental heads, whatever, that, that they pick and they, they tell these mad stories that are just ridiculous, okay? That's, that's what they pick, because it's still a joke subject. In America, though, they've got it going through their Congress as part of a COVID relief bill. There's going to be a report. A report has been commissioned for a UAP task force. UAP is Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. That's what the US military call UFOs, basically, right? And that's not to say these are aliens. That's to say it's something unidentified in the air that they can't explain. And they have released videos of these things doing performing incredible manoeuvres, travelling at incredible speeds, coming in from space, coming up from under the water, buzzing nuclear sites, all that kind of stuff as well. So the big phone home was a day that was arranged by Luis Jimenez and his co-host Michael uh, for the day. And they wanted people in the US to write, tweet, email, call, get in touch with their representatives. So congresswomen, congressmen, um, senators, and ask for clarity or ask for representation to be brought forward on the subject of ufos or uaps just to raise awareness for the subject and it went really well it got like 1.3 million impressions yesterday online that's plenty um, yeah it's it's a lot um and we had loads of um I, I was on it for a part of it loads of different guests from all different backgrounds researchers bloggers journalists um filmmakers all got involved as well uh, so it was, a, it was a really cool event, a bit like Live Aid for UFOs is is what it kind of started getting like right. um, without the give us money part that Bob Geldof famously shouted. So it's just to raise a bit of awareness and it's it's a much more serious and well-discussed topic in the US than it is the UK. Um, but hopefully that will that'll change down the line. And I get it's one way a massive stigma as well. But if you've got any interest in the topic, do look into it. Um, check out my podcast, that UFO podcast check out the big phone home hashtag and just do a little bit of reading into it, a little <clears> bit of research, and uh, you might find some interesting stuff. Yeah, because Andy knows not to take me too seriously when I <laughs> um, give him a slagging because I'll admit, I'm, I am a, I'm a believer. I believe in a different way than I think a, a lot of people might. But well, like I said, we're not getting into that. So like, if I, see if I pass a comment about space monsters or something, don't take me too seriously because... 
I'm only trying to get Andy to bite, but <laughs> he's he's got to the stage where he doesn't bite that much. He understands where I'm coming from. So um, I hope that any listeners that are into into that side of things don't take me too seriously and don't say that Jack is a dickhead because I've been called a dickhead enough. Um, right, very quickly, mate. No I, I'll just no for that opinion anyway. <laughs> um, I just found another one. Um, hashtag best fan army. This is about K-pop. What are your thoughts on K-pop? Do you have any? Never drank it, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, that's the K- K- Korean pop. Uh, yeah, so like, um, oh, what they called? I was going to say GLS. That was another uh, band. BTS. BTS. Big, that's the one. A big massive one. Girls' Generation were one that I I got into K-pop for a while, um, which might might surprise you, it might not. But I, I was into uh, yeah. <laughs> I was into K-pop for about a year or two. Um, and Girls' Generation were one of my sort of Can I ask, go, uh, go-to bands. Is there a band called Blackpink that are K-pop? Yes, there is. Right, I like them. Um, they, they're a, they're a, I'm going to say new wave K-pop. They've only been about since 2016, where Girls' Generation have been about since about right. 2007. But yeah, Blackpink are a, a K-pop band. Yeah. Couldn't tell you any of their songs or what they sound like, but I've, I, I've got, I'm, I'm a fan, put it that way. Yeah, I like Baby Metal as well. They're not k-pop they're a japanese they're like a japanese it's really strange i think it's japanese ky kawaii metal band um, right they like they play like heavy metal and then it's like these three wee japanese girls who sing the it's mate go and have a wee look like and so, see, I'm, I'm on at the new and uh, for the best fan army hashtag right and the first thing that comes up are two or one direction and that upsets me straight away um yeah. one direction Remember them? Right, okay. Um, it maybe, uh, maybe it is. Oh, wait, no, there's one of them kicked up. Aye, so obviously best fa- it's like best <sighs> fan army, but other people are getting involved now, so it's just anyone who's got a... A like, fan army? Aye, right, basically. Okay. So like Taylor, Taylor Swift's got one as well. I can't remember what they're called. They might be like the Swifties or something like that. That's it's no Right, okay. It's just because but... the first one that popped up on my timeline was a, was a K-pop one, so... Uh, no, there is it a lot makes, of K-pop. It makes more sense now where it's like the JLS fan army and they try to obviously take over Twitter with this hashtag. But uh, a lot yeah. of One Direction, a lot of One Direction coming up, mate, which is a it's oh, okay. a certain thing to see on a Sunday night for anybody. Yeah. Um, please don't turn off the podcast at this point, but but that um, was just a very very brief dip dip our toes in to um one that just sort of popped up. Um, there and then, basically. And uh, we'll take a wee break, because what we've been doing is trending now, basically. We'll take a wee two-minute break, and we'll come back with a section we're going to maybe call Trending Then, and cool. maybe look back at stuff that was happening a few years ago. Right, Andy, this was something that you wanted to sort of maybe speak about, maybe. <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting the ball in your court here. Aye. Is, is this like uh, online dating? Right, okay. Right, I have, so... Oh, my hands up, I've never been a part of that. I've been in a relationship for well, eight years now and then before that. No, I've never really got into the whole scene, the whole Tinder scene or anything like that. So um, it always does sort of interest me. And would I have... Would it have been something that I really enjoyed if I was a single man at the time? But this kind of put me off. <laughs> Aye. So I, I, I've been with my, my wife now um, eight years coming up. Um, so, I, I mean, I pioneered Plenty of Fish back in the day. I was one of the OGs. Um, Explain what Plenty of Fish is for people that don't know, because I, I was never on it again, but I, one of my friends was a Plenty of Fish freak. Like, he loved it. Completed it, aye, I can imagine. So uh, we, so Plenty of Fish was one of the first online dating sites that it wasn't like one of the ones you paid for because I think at the time you started seeing like 2010, 2009, the ones you would go on and meet professionals online and basically if you've got a bit of money, pay for this and you're not meeting nut jobs or, or freaks, right? Or at least you'll be meeting freaks with money. So Plenty of Fish came along as a free social media slash online dating website and basically make a profile and 
click through other people's profiles and message them. That was it, right? It was before Tinder, Plenty of Fish was a big one, but Plenty of Fish, when I was on it at the time as well, it was very much still stigmatised. Like, if you met a lassie on it, or if if you met a a girl, there was always that conversation of, like, you, you didn't tell people you met them online. And you would regularly, like, if you started seeing somebody after a couple of dates, you would you would have that conversation of how would we tell people we met? Because online dating still wasn't. You, you went out dancing and you got somebody's phone number. That was still the best way to meet someone. Whereas now, that's I think that's a dying art. Um, probably, like I say, I've been with my wife happily now for eight years, and uh, yeah, so plenty of fish was like the, the first big one. And then I know Tinder took over. And now there's a whole load of other ones. And the only reason I know this, having never been on Tinder or I think Bumble one, as I just found out about recently, is I've got a mate who I won't name on this, right? Who He's got a tragic online dating life. (laughs) (laughs) I've shared some of it with you before, right? And if I hadn't showed people the messages, they would think I was making this up, right? But he's a cracking mate of mine. um, And I'm going to get him to listen to this as well. But some of the stuff he's done in the past, right? just to name a few, would be turned up on a date and gave a girl a fake name, but then went on numerous dates with that girl under said fake name. (laughs) If that that goes well, and again, I'm I'm going to paraphrase slightly here, the reason he he gave a fake name was something to do with the the girl he met, turned out he kind of realised online on Facebook knew a girl that he had also went out with off this, so he right. thought, I'll give her a fake name so she doesn't search me and find <laughs> out that I also know this other person, right? Which I, I get a bit of the warped logic there, but I remember saying to him, like, name, and I almost said his name, like, imagine that turned sour and they decided to to call foul on, on you. You'd have a hard time in a court explaining anything away or getting away with anything <laughs> if, they, if they were like, he... Like the old only yeah. fools and horses, he touched me. Um, <laughs> not like your honour, I didn't. Yes, but why are you giving a fake name? You know, what were your intentions here on date number three <laughs> when you're still going by? And I was like, what, what if this went well? At what point do you do you go, just want to know? <laughs> I've no lied about anything in the last six months we've been dating, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I just need to let you know my name's no this, it's this. Aye, and I mean first and second name, right? <laughs> he, gave a, <laughs> he gave a complete different name. Um, so it just sounds pure sinister, and it's not really, but it's the kind of thing that could absolutely turn really sour. Um, but he he has, you know, God bless him. He's pioneered the COVID dating scene online, where the only the truly desperate have been flouting lockdown rules for their whole, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, he he turned up to. To one lassie's flat and one of the, the the main story i remember i told you jack um this was before this like he he turned up to this to this apartment flat apartment that's very american that's what i talk on my own podcast normally yeah. he turned up to this flat with a, a takeaway right which was very nice of him yeah. but he ended up getting into an argument with, <laughs> with his girl it was the first time he was meeting but again she's invited him over all that um over it was something like he, he took some he took a massive pizza right and only a wee bit of kebab and he ended up munching all the kebab because he wasn't that keen on the pizza and she had a go at him for <laughs> for eating all, for eating all the kebab and he was like well I'm no I'm no I'm not that into the pizza and she was like aye but I, I wanted me I wanted some kebab and he was like I wish you'd have said it I'd got a bigger one so he ended up having this really awkward argument on what was essentially their first date sitting in her house and she just basically kind of got to the point she went this isn't really going well I think you should go and kick him out and he, he oh that reminds me so he then sat outside right and I remember that he was texting you know as you do when your, your date's finished or whatever and he's he sitting outside in his motor and he was texting his pal I don't think it was me I think it was texting somebody else she rang him and she was like what you did sitting outside I <laughs> but you didn't sit my house and he was like I'm just on the phone with my mate she went well I want you to leave and he's like you don't own the street <laughs> and he got into an argument with her and it's like you would think this was like a couple that had been going out a while who had now fell out of having this big kick off right it's so yeah. funny but he's got a really bad habit of and I say he's a really good mate of mine but he's he, I've told him to his face and on the phone we talk a lot his partner's terrible Um, his crack's awful how he gets any lassie to kind of stick around, I don't know. But 
he basically had this exchange, right, with with a girl that I won't read you through all the messages, but this is the one I told Jack where Can we get some highlights, please. I it, it was on Bumble, which is one I believe that you have you swipe to say you like right. someone, but they also have to swipe on you and the girl messages you first. So it's like a protection level for the for the girls on there. That's a good thing, right? Okay. Yeah, all for that, right? And it was like basically hey how you doing yeah not bad i'm great thanks very much um his chat was how he'd been doing a microsoft training session all day microsoft teams training session oh that and it, shit gets me hot aye <laughs> and she was like, oh, I'm frothing here i'm frothing right now. <laughs> uh, so he was like what about you and she mentioned she mentioned how she was a barmaid right so i'm off for the foreseeable and he he asked and i think this is a fair question oh that's a nightmare what pub do you work in her reply was, I don't, they're all shut. <laughs> they went, right? So obviously she's a, a career barmaid, right? And she, she takes that seriously. I think that's a fair question, do you know? I, I don't oh, think there's anything wrong there. Yeah. I, I think that's perfectly normal. What pub do you work in? And then he, he asked her, is it not planning to reopen? Bear in mind, this is the opening lines, opening salvo of the <laughs> mating dance going on here, right? Is it not planning to reopen? She said, it's not really their call, is it? <laughs> he replied with, if the restrictions get lifted, I personally think they will at some point. She responded, I suppose they might. <laughs> he tried to take this up a notch, right? Because obviously the, the panties were drying up at this point. And he was like, what are you doing with yourself this week? Obviously in the midst of a lockdown, right? This is back in October. She said, nothing, I've got no plans. What about you? He said, this training course. Obviously getting right back <laughs> Microsoft Teams chat. And I'll get to the gym when I can. I like that. He's dropped in. He's a gym guy. He's not really a gym guy, right? But he likes his running and stuff. And and he said, so what are you looking for on here? And she said, just to chat and see where things go. He said the same. She said, okay. Right. Yeah. That was the initial exchange, right? Yeah. So a bit frosty. She's not the best chat-wise either. But he's not really helping opening up the, the big guns of Microsoft Teams stuff straight off the bat, right? You want to <laughs> That's a second or third date kind of chat, isn't it? That's, you've said I love you, but you're not quite ready to break it with your Microsoft Teams fascination. <laughs> so she then messaged him back a few days later, giving it, hey, hello, how are you? Right. He, he said, I'm exhausted. <laughs> this online training is draining. <laughs> so that's funny, man. That's good. He's, he's straight back in with Microsoft. He's like, look, just like I told you, I'm <laughs> truthful, I'm honest. I've got this course all weekend, and if you kind of commit to that, then I'm not the guy for you. So he then, <laughs> He then mentions, I'm just nipping to my pals. How's your day been? She said, it's been good. I've just been hanging out with some friends. Um, he mentioned uh, what he'd been doing, just getting out of the house and how's your morning going? She said, I'm alive and well and I'm alive and healthy and I can't complain. What about you? All right. It's a bit deep, but you know, uh, he was like, I've got a bowl of macaroni and cheese. I'm looking forward to eating. Which <laughs> he, was, he was all about the mac and cheese, right? Um which which is which is fine. That's that's good. And like I say, I appreciate he's bringing that up. However, she's like, you can't beat mac and cheese. He mentioned how he was going for a run. This is where things start to turn a wee bit for him, right? Right. Because that's where the the things I, change. Yeah. She she mentioned she needs to get a food shop done at some point. Fair enough. We want it to go food shopping, right? Even in the midst of a pandemic, he talks about. He just mentions off the cuff. He goes for it. Adulting sucks, right? She. Adulting, of course, being the art of being an adult. Yeah, uh, I, I won't give some details away. This person that would absolutely, just in case anyone <laughs> did who he was, give away who this man-child was, right? But she said it's not so bad, and he went, at the moment it is. <laughs> she said, I think it depends on your mindset. My mate then had a go at children. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, he's not been done for that, but... Uh, <laughs> So he said, considering we are limited to what we can do socially, things are a bit rubbish. Kids are allowed to play football, but adults aren't. So <laughs> my, my mate's upset at young children being allowed to exercise, whereas he's not allowed to go and play fives or sevens with his mate. Like, he, can, he can still get running and whatnot, but, you know, fuck the kids. Um, she, she takes offence to this, and uh, she says, I'm an adult, which is good to know because that could have been a totally different conversation at that point if she's coming on saying she's 12. Um, <laughs> she said, 12-year-old 12, 12 barmaid. <laughs> That's very Glaswegian, isn't it? She probably owns a pub at that age. Um, and she says, I'm an adult and in a worse situation than you, but my outlook seems much more positive than yours. It must be the mindset differences. Obviously, at this point, you're starting to wonder. He's no ask for her number. 
a date's not been arranged. It's, it's definitely going down south. So he decides to double down on the the kids having an easy time of it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Right. Fuck it. So he goes, I'm a very positive person, but I don't agree with some of the stuff the government comes out with. <laughs> can I just can I just remind folk this is a dating app, right? And this is second page of the conversation. In relation to contact sport, how they can allow kids to train but not contact adults sport? without sport, it's just like <laughs> yeah. but not adults without any factual evidence annoys me. That's got nothing to do with mindset. It won't annoy you as you don't run a team. So I don't know I don't know why he's having a go at a lack of coaching badges here. Right. You've um, not been there, SFA. You've not been allowed. Right. Yeah. And then basically <laughs> that that ends where he realizes do you know what? Take a step back. You can still salvage this one last go at this here. Right. He says to her, we need to pick up the chat a bit. Tell me a bit about yourself. She's game. <laughs> what do you want to know? You know. So he said anything. And I like this. I like this approach. Right. He's, he set the scene, gave a bit of context. He says, if we were in a bar, what would you tell me? I think he should have left it there. But he follows up with, you're a barmaid. You should be full of the chat. <laughs> right. Her follow-up, I think, is crucial here as to where this goes. She says, I wouldn't be discussing my personal life with customers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think at that point, um, I'm <laughs> on her. He, he still goes, though, because I think he's given as good as she gives as well on this. And he says, well, what if you were on a date? Um, And she says, well, what would you like to know? So, it has to be more specific. That's mm-hmm. fine. She's looking for him to narrow it down. And he says, well, where are you from? What are your hobbies? She says, I'm from Ayrshire, gardening, cooking and baking. What about you? He said, Glasgow, gaming, football and running. The conversation ended there. That's <laughs> That was his mating dance uh, online. And there are a whole load of stories like that as well. But the whole online dating scene, uh, I've got some stuff that for another time, when we talk about the online dating stuff specifically, just some of the stuff you run into, like you could write a book on it. But I, that's, that's my mate who... Who has some absolutely tragic online dating stories? Oh man, I, 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 it's the contact sports bit that gets me. He gets so drilled down and committed into the the children being allowed and, and him not. Do you know what? Stand by your morals. Stand by your ethics and your morals for sure, man. But like, be a little a little bit more airy fairy if must. You know what it sounds like up. to me, mate. It sounds like. <laughs> I didn't realise this before, and it's only reading this back now for about the second time to you and the third or fourth time to other people. But I think he's had this conversation with other people on this app before, because this sounds to me like this was ready. This was like, Dude, I'm going back in with this because I feel, I feel really Cotton strong. Right. I, I, I hate that these kids are allowed to exercise and enjoy themselves. Like, <laughs> open up the fives. You bastards. I basically. Oh. Oh, that was good, man. Yeah, so that is that was Tinder. That was trending then. But this this wasn't that long ago. You know, it's still going on. <laughs> Jesus, that was Aye. good, man. Yeah, you need to you need to find more of more of them, and we can speak about them in the future. But it's a lot more of all that comes from. I good stuff. I said before we started recording, right? We'll pin this about half an hour, mate. But this is going to be about an hour long. But that's just the way that the chat went, which I thoroughly enjoyed, mate. So cheers and. I don't think this is going to be a weekly thing or there's not going to be a set date and time for this. It's just going to be we are both busy men. We will try and get something out on a reg- semi-regular basis or if there's any massive breaking stories, we might try and pop on and just give you a 10-minute opinion piece on it. But this is the first episode. Again, feedback's crucial, mate. Like, would you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I was going to mention earlier that I'll I'll set up a separate Twitter account uh, away from my. If you want to check out the that UFO podcast, it's at UFO UAP AM on Twitter. But I'll set up a pod totally Andy if that's free, something like that, and we'll get it shared as well if mm-hmm. people want to get in touch. Um, and the audience interaction, listener interaction, people getting in touch really can make it as well. And hearing some other people's thoughts and stories and stuff, then please let us know. Like, especially, like, for me, I love all the Tinder dating stuff. I think that's hilarious. And I know there will be thousands of stories out there like that as well. But even if it's been on the hashtag the Oscars, hashtag the line of duty, hashtag wildflower hour, if you're right into that. And do you know what? If you end up taking up horticulture off the back of this, oh, more power to you. Um, or hashtag the big phone home. If you check that out, then please give it a shout and let us know. 
a lot of information coming at you at once here, but we do actually have a Gmail as well, which is just totally trending pod at gmail.com if you if you if you're not on Twitter or whatever and rather just send an email, so totally trending pod at gmail.com at pod I keep saying pod. I don't know why. <laughs> at pod totally on Twitter. That's the way to get in contact with us now. So yeah, we'll wrap that up, man. Enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you at some point uh, soon, guys. So Andy, cheers, buddy. Yeah, cheers, Jack. Right, speak to you soon, guys. At Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. <laughs>